Hey everybody, this is the Squirt to Stab podcast with Tony and Pat. Hello. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Pat will tell us about the show in a few seconds, but please remember you, you can contact, uh, contact us at squirttostab at gmail.com with your reviews, questions, comments, whatever you want to say about us. Yes, you can. And then after today's guest, you're going to probably want to send emails, questions, suggestions, whatever. Uh, but I'm guessing a lot of people are going to be wanting to know more. And, um, well, yeah, and then we'll have to have David Towner back on our show again. He's our guest for today. And I'm sure he'll come back every day for the next two weeks to talk more. <laughs> so to kind of preface, I've known uh, our guest, David Towner, for many, many years. Uh, 16 going on 17 years, David. Is that yep, right? Exactly. Yep, yep. Um, we actually met because of a project you were doing, a film at the time. Um, even if we had 10 hours today, we would probably not even really dive into all the interesting facts on you, your background, your time as an Army Ranger, which that alone could be two-part episode, um, your background in, in the arts, uh, film, uh, venture capitalist. I mean, the list goes on. But uh, one of the very interesting, interesting things that you're part of is a project which that is devoted to this show, this show only, and this is the one thing we're talking about because this really in itself could be a four-hour show if we allowed it to be because of the interest, the buzz, um, and how awesome the story is, all different parts of the story with the artwork and everything else. It's a lot of exciting things going on. So thank you very much, uh, David, for joining us. It is my pleasure to be here. I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. So... Well, we're going to be, t tell us a little bit about, I'll let you do it. You're very good at, at speaking. I like to go on rants, but, um, so we have the, the Aztec warrior God. Uh, this is a project you've been working on. Uh, and it seems pretty recent to me, but what's funny is it's as recent as it is, it's getting a ton of buzz and you have, uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, you created your page on Facebook, not even seven months ago. And you're already, you're on the verge of hitting a million. You have over 700,000 followers. Uh, tell us a little bit um, about where this inspiration came from for this project. And, and was it a personal journey or was it that you just love superheroes? Or is there just something that got you personal where you said, I, this is what I'm doing next? Well, it actually, I'm not a superhero fan, and, and I'm not a fan of comics, but um, but the the evolution of it was I was on a uh, business trip to Mexico really quick, three-day trip, and I had some free time, so I took a journey. It was called a, an Aztec journey, um, and I had known about the Aztecs, you know, superficially like everybody does, but I didn't really know um, much about the culture and, and their impact on modern society. So as we, as we were on this um, journey with about 30 people in a little bus, the narrator kept talking about how vast and, 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 and expansive and advanced the culture was. And they, I mean, these guys were, they had their systems of agricultural irrigation, their capital, Tenochtitlan was, was bigger than Rome and London at the time. It was, um, they had advanced arts councils, they had public concerts. And 
what happened was they went from uh, uh, 10 million people, and once the Spanish came, the Spanish were responsible for killing a hundred, couple hundred thousand of them, but there were 10 million people that just kind of disappeared. So the big mystery of the Aztecs was where did the culture go, and where did the where did the people who were once inhabiting the earth, where did they disappear to? So I'm, I'm a storyteller and I like, to, I like to fill in the blanks for mysteries. And I came up with a concept that, that the God of War, Huitzilopochtli, um, brought them um, into a safe haven into the underworld. And in our story, which becomes fiction at that point um, from the time the Spanish invaded, that he brings them into the underworld to kind of um, reinvent themselves and reinvent themselves intellectually and spiritually, but also to become role models for the world, for the universe. And so the way they do that is I created these intellectuals and the intellectuals go out and, and learn things in the world over the course of the next 500 years. Now the Tenochtitlan, the Aztec empire fell on August 13th, 2021. So time was of the essence for the project. So because I, I wanted to launch it on the uh, 500th anniversary, which is August 13th, 2021. So I, I created um, a uh, 13 fictional characters and 13 is a uh, sacred number to the Aztecs. And um, I came up with eight intellectuals, five superheroes. The intellectuals go out into the universe and come back to teach the, the culture, but the but these warriors do not enter society until they're ready, which is at the 500th year anniversary. So, so we're, I initially thought about doing this as a screenplay, but once I, once I um, realized the expansiveness of the characters and the backstory, I realized it would end up being about a 500 page screenplay. And not being a comic fan, I, I did submit research and discovered that the, a graphic novel would be a perfect medium for the story. Um, and so I had, that was an, a learning process for me as well, learning how graphic novels are structured, how the script has to look. And then I went out to find um, the artist and that, that was the biggest challenge. It took about two years to find the right artist and I luckily found them in Mexico, in Guanajuato. And those are um, a brother and sister team named Diego and Carla uh, Mata. And they have put they have put together, I mean, with very little direction for me, I, I'm simply describing characters and sending them scripts and they're putting together artwork that is world-class. So, so that's the, that was the inspiration for the story. And, um, and again, it's, uh, it is, it is something I'm kind of, I, I'm not a, an Aztec expert, but I've, I'm trying to become one <laughs> and I've learned a lot. I've learned a little bit of the Nahuatl language and, and just enough to be able to put together the characters. So, um, so it's a unique story. It's um, unique characters and, and it's hopefully a franchise that, that we can build and, and have um, presented in other mediums after the, after the uh, release of the graphic novel series. Right. Yeah. And just to let our audience know, um, if you go to as or uh, at Aztec Warrior God on Facebook or and, and look up Aztec Warrior God, you can see this artwork. And I'd be doing a disservice just trying to um, describe it uh, for everybody, but it, it looks awesome. Um, it is awesome. I like the descriptions you have on each character. You're basically almost like giving a, a uh, you're like an exclusive look at each character over time. And you have some notes here and, I see that you have it both in um, the, uh, I guess the, um, uh, what is it, the American English uh, vernacular and in Spanish. 
Yeah, um, every every character uh, description and every post we put on social media is um, in is bilingual because what happened was I just started experimenting with it. I sent a few pages of the script to the artist in I think it was June. They created two concepts for the um, for the for the main character, and once I posted that and didn't think much about it. Um, just hoping to get a couple hundred people with some feedback, and organically, um, I think three or four days later, I had over fifty thousand Facebook followers, and I was blown away by it. So I decided to come up with a pattern of, um, and by the way, those of those fifty thousand, over thirty thousand were in Mexico, and and the shares were incredible. So so I decided that I, I should probably, um, you know, this. This is one we want to make sure that the, the culture is represented and people understand the origin of the culture. But at the same time, we have to we have to make sure fans. Now, we have now fans in over 40 countries speaking dozens of languages. So I try to do everything in English and Spanish, and some of it's in Nahuatl, which is the the language of the Aztec Empire as well. Oh wow! And not to uh, drive away from uh, the interview and some of the questions, but I like looking at one of the first animated pieces you put on the page. Um, it has a background of a band called, is it Semican? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, Chemican. They're, they're, Chemican. they are, yeah, they're a Mexican metal group and they are incredible. They, they, um, they did the music and any music we use for, for our, uh, animations, we use those guys and they, I would, I would like to see people check those guys out as well. They're, to put it to the best description I could come up with is that they're, if Slipknot spoke the indigenous, languages of mexico that's this band i mean really really talented metal guitarist and and vocalist and also they they speak as much as possible um their lyrics are actually in in the language of nahuatl and and some spanish but but they're an incredibly inventive and innovative group now is nahuatl is that an active language currently yeah yep there's almost two two million active speakers of contemporary nahuatl and it's um it's um, not as vast as it used to be, and it's changed a little bit over time, but it, it is still a, a viable language. In one of our videos, um, the main character, when he transitions from his current day uh, persona to his superhero persona, he, he speaks a phrase, which I'm not going to reveal what that phrase is. It's going to be a mystery for now. I know what it means, but the phrase is Iwilitsin Tenochtitlan, and that is a Nahuatl phrase. Wow, that is awesome. So you talk about uh, five superheroes and eight intellectuals that make up this 13-person, um, I guess, ensemble for yep. your story. Is there any particular character that you would say is the like number one protagonist of the story, or are they all kind of have a share in the... I'm guessing they all have, they're all very important to the story, but is there one particular character you would say is the main character and what would their place be in the story or all these individuals, what would be their place in this? Well, story? we, we, um, one of the things that I wanted to show was that, um, in an effort to be less hierarchical, um, Huitzilopochtli, which is the God of war who granted these superpowers to the characters, he designated two as coordinators. Um, and each individual group has a coordinator, but not a leader. We didn't want we didn't want a hierarchy because that structure tend to lead tended to lead the Aztec Empire into um, some pretty dark places. So he designates um, two characters: Amashli, which is a, a male warrior; Nanette, which is a, a female, and then uh, she's an intellectual, and she is the leader of the intellectuals. And then we have 
Tlashinali, who is a female, as kind of a sidekick to um, Amashli. But the objective long term is, from a story perspective, is to have them each have their own storylines, their own backgrounds, um, and potentially their own franchise. So, so those are the three main ones, but it is, it's an ensemble and truly a collaborative effort. And that's what we try to show in this series is that, is that everything in the world um, is collaborative, whether we think of it that way or not. And we wanted to show the true collaboration. In addition to the Aztec warriors, we also have collaborations in later chapters with Taino Indians, Cherokee Indians, and Apache Indians. So I'm trying to incorporate and let people understand that the connection between all indigenous cultures, not just Aztecs were not, as a lot of people perceive, they weren't a tribe, they weren't a culture, they were an alliance of multiple tribes. And, and they came from an area north of Mexico and what was now probably New Mexico, Arizona, maybe as far as Texas and then northern Mexico. So I wanted people to really understand the, the genetic and cultural connections between the Indians of the southwest U.S. and the, the uh, Aztecs who had migrated from up north. I see. So there would there be a lot of similarities in culture than you think with the uh, Native American people along with the, the Native um, people of, I guess uh, you would call it Me Mexica, Mexico, yep. or um, I guess the the ancient city of or country was a, a Tenochtitlan. Well, there, um, yeah. So there were there were three main migrations where most was um, American Indian cultures came from. There were three migrations from the north, which was had origins in in Asia, and the the Aztecs came in the second migration, which and. So there, along the way, what happens is as they were migrating, you know, groups of people would stop and, and make a home, then others would keep going south. So they're very closely related genetically to all American Indians, but specifically the Utes and, um, and the, like the Hopi Indians, they're, they all speak Ute Azteca languages. So their languages are even very similar. So that's something that most people don't know. And, that, and that's uh, something I, I learned while researching the project. Again, and if anyone is listening to the podcast, when and when you do, uh, do it while you're on the uh, Aztec Warrior page because, again, the art the art on this it almost looks like an instructional artistic look at um, what an, uh, the native Aztec people would be. I mean, the one thing I like is it's very captivating to look at, and you're it's they're not like in some action pose shooting uh, death rays out of their eyes or you know, destroying some kind of a, a robot, you know, but, <laughs> it, but it's, it's they're very, the artwork is awesome. Um, yeah. We spent a lot of time making sure the characters were authentic. And at the same time, I didn't want to depict them as, um, the problem with, with the comic industry in general in the past 60 years is there's, there's really been no innovation. There's been no organic in, influence of indigenous cultures or either, even other minorities. What, what the big comic companies are doing is recycling the same characters, maybe putting a person person of color into um, into a costume that's existed for 70 years. But at the same time, I wanted to demonstrate that that you don't have to be bitten by a bug to be a superhero. You don't have to have a laboratory experiment go wrong. I mean that that um, that model's kind of become stale. These are characters that are that are developed from true cultures and that were granted depending on your your theological um, uh, persuasion, they're granted their powers through through potentially plausible means, you know? Yeah, and that's a good point. You see one thing, someone come up with a great idea uh, that's been conceived from passion. People like it, 
and then some capitalists, or I don't know if you want to call them that, come in and they try to take every inch and every everything they can from that one idea without being, you know, their own inventor or coming up with their own idea. It seems like. Yeah, exactly. So, and and the, and the characters, the the modern storylines of comic books are not organic at all. They're just they're recycled and and or borrowed from other places. But the worst to me is the, is the characters. There's been no true character innovation, and all the comic companies have tried to reach out to indigenous cultures, but it's always been as a secondary character, and it's always been honestly been quite offensive. I mean, some of the way the characters are depicted is these 300-pound savages, and that's the problem people have with the perceptions of, of the Aztec Empire. They they did practice human sacrifice, and we don't we don't deny that in the book. In fact, in my first chapter of the first novel, we acknowledge it, and Huitzilopochtli tells the culture that this this is not the way to live, and 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 you, you have to redeem yourselves, and you're going to spend a thousand years doing it, and and if you don't, there will be consequences. So so they learn um, to do that, but at the same time, these this is a culture that was extremely advanced intellectually and archaeologically and and mm -hmm. architecturally i mean they they understood their history they understood engineering it's an incredible and that's i try to focus on that i don't i don't focus on oh they they cut people's heads off i mean that's that's been done it's been it's been shown we all know that but let's look at the the brighter side of it but also look at i want to look at what um what a society can be when they redeem themselves Right. I mean, you, then you think about some of the paradigms. I mean, you think of what the Roman Empire did, and what and what some of they what they did to people and brutalized versus yeah. Aztecs. I mean, if you were to really make a comparison, oh yeah, uh, with a lot of the engineering. I mean, the Aztecs were, I would say, equal in many ways. I mean, they built a lot of their cities even in a lake. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Where they but build their, you know, and they and they were not just like there for a minute. These were structures that were able to with be sitting there. They had aqueducts. They did so many things that were unbelievable. I mean, they compared and, them. Giza and they're still finding them. those structures today. They're still they're still uncovering these structures now. The unfortunately, the Spanish built on top of them and um, around them, so they covered up everything. But luckily, in in one way, it preserved preserved the um, the structures they built. But unfortunately, we'll never get to see. Um, in real life, the the true nature. In fact, when the Spanish arrived and overlooked the city of Tenochtitlan, they they were in awe. They had never seen anything like that. And these were people from Europe, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to kind of ask two questions at once. I think you hit on a point where people would reach out to indigenous people to say, "Hey, we want you to be in you know in this film for two minutes, and you're going to be uh, a 500 pound savage and <laughs> all these things." Now, do you? Being that in just a short amount of time, you have already have over 700,000 followers. Do you think that it's obvious that you've tapped into something that has been neglected for too long? That there is something obviously huge here that is going to start a trend now where once people start seeing the success of this, we haven't even told this. You haven't even put the story out. Yeah, yeah. Yet, well, right? that's the funny thing is we're um – uh, we, we are not releasing the book, the first book, until August, and we've already gained a huge following. In fact, in addition to the Facebook followers, we have a two and a half million database of pre-orders for the book. Um, oh so my yeah, gosh. So, so, so hopefully, yes, hopefully it inspires um, people to start embracing the culture and representing cultures, uh, the positive side of, of indigenous cultures and, and other cultures too. I mean, I, we're showing, we're depicting... Um, indigenous cultures from from also not just um, 
this uh, Mexico, but the Quechua, um, we have a character named Tupac who was actually a slave who was captured during battle. So he's a Quechua warrior who was sworn allegiance to Tenochtitlan. And then we have the, the of course, the, uh, the other North American Indians. So, um, so that's the goal. And, and I get, um, I'm going to say 50 to 100 emails every day of people saying, I, I can't wait to see this because there's never been a character on screen that I've identified with. And, you know, we've always kind of been forced into looking at the Spider-Mans and Supermans and the, the Anglo people. And the reality is there are more Spanish-speaking people in the Americas than English-speaking people by a huge margin. So there are 580 million people that identify more closely with a project like this and into a, a mainstream superhero. So I'm, I'm quite surprised that the effort hasn't been put into it before. And, um, and I'm, and I'm, anticipating again i'm i'm at this point we're just releasing a a graphic novel series but but um there are conversations that um that are taking place for other mediums like video games and um and films now i know you mentioned that that they uh the ancient language of newalt 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 let me say that correctly so newalt now will the graphic novel actually be mostly in Nuwak or would you say that it would or it will it be in Spanish or will there be multiple versions in English Spanish how do you foresee that well the problem with Nuwak is the problem with a, a book in print is that you don't have translation so for a for a printed book we have to print it in the language of the reader so we're going to have English Spanish and probably um, because of we're for some reason we have a huge following in the French speaking parts of Africa um, probably over at least um, on our Facebook, probably 150,000 people already. Um, and that's, that's something I'm seeing is when one region embraces it, then it just blows up there. Right. Um, and so we'll do English, um, Spanish, and then maybe French and Portuguese too, because we have a lot of fans in Brazil. Um, but if a film is made, um, I, I'm hoping to, I actually will have, it either won't be made or I'll have a lot of control over it. I, I will insist on um, any actors portraying an indigenous character must must have that heritage. I'm not, you know, no offense to Will Smith, but he's not an Aztec warrior and, and nor will he be in a project of mine. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and going on, and based off like what you just said, and everything you said about um, the indigenous people and their part in, in you know, quote comic books, unquote, and graphic novels. Now, in in our in our new cancer, our new cancel culture right now that's going yeah. on. Um, do you foresee any potential for any groups to find your work uh, on the Aztec people offensive? You know, for example, um, Spain. You know, right now, like we're saying, oh, we're gonna we want to tear down Christopher Columbus statues. We want to take this down, right. and we're gonna do this and. And then once you start seeing how American people, uh, the or Native Americans weren't bad people, or like in World War II movies where the Japanese were, you know, victims and good people, do you foresee? And they had to get some backlash. Do you foresee that maybe people like Spain or anybody else will get angry that Aztec people are being portrayed the way they are in your story, like the more authentic way of who they are? And um, yes. I, what I've, I've had a couple inquiries already from people who say, you know, they, they make negative comments without really knowing um, the story. They'll say things like, um, why would you why would you glorify a culture that cut people's heads off or made human sacrifices? And 
and and I don't I don't even answer them. But if I did, my answer would be, why do you embrace a culture that killed a hundred million American Indians? You know, so so no culture is without without its uh, sins. And but the the crazy thing is, the only negative comments we get about the story and the project itself are from people who are opposed to me using the word God in the description of the characters. They they they're usually fundamentalist. Um, in Americans, so that's the only negativity we've had. But everybody else has embraced it and see what we're trying to do. And and some people have asked, like you know, can you describe this a little more? So um, uh, one of the first things we posted was the inside cover of the book, which shows what the story's about. So usually when I post that and people get a better context of it, they're they're really happy. So the negativity literally is probably two or three people out of every hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean. And, and based off that, now, Will, being, I have, there's so many questions where we could go to here, you know, about the story. I know you're, there's a reason a story's coming out. So then at that point, people can actually read it and see it. Yeah. Uh, but will, will the antagonist have any connection with like the Spanish conquistadors, Spain itself, or, or so, did you, well, tell so us a little bit about that. We picked the story up from, we, we show the initial. Uh, the, well, the story starts on the opening day, uh, August 13th, 1521. It opens on the day that the empire actually fell. So um, Cortez is attacking. And another thing people don't understand about, about, the, um, about the Aztecs is that it wasn't Cortex that, Cortez that destroyed the empire. Cortez was actually, um, he was befriended by Montezuma when he first arrived. And then he took advantage of that hospitality and kidnapped um, Montezuma, the empire emperor, with his um, with his advisors, that they were able to repel the Spanish, which was just a couple hundred soldiers, and they drove them out of Tenochtitlan. So he went and regrouped for a year or so, and he got some of the Aztec enemies to organize, and he came back with an army of indigenous um, indigenous warriors that ended up um, overtaking the empire. So it wasn't really Cortez hands-on that that overthrew the empire it was cortez who coordinated it but but it was largely due to two things one is um the diseases that they brought back with them from europe and the local natives that helped defeat the aztecs so so it wasn't there's a, such a misconception about about cortez actually taking them over and, and reality he, you know he was responsible but at the end of the day it was it was the alliances with the with the local natives that did it so Hernan Cortez basically went into. He's not going to be portrayed basically as a villain, even or, or well, much I would say, less the villain of. The he, story. No, no, no. So, so what happens is our characters we see them in the first chapter, the first um, novel, um, being defeated by by that that alliance of Cortez and the other tribes. And then it moves to um, the next 500 years. Again, real brief uh, montages of them learning things. Um, so our characters, for example, the character that's in charge of teaching, teaching music, she goes out and learns music from Mozart and Beethoven and, and Jimi Hendrix and all these people. And because keep in mind, she has 500 year period to do this. And she brings back all of these different expertise in, in music and teaches them to the to the culture. So by the time they emerge on the 500th year, which is 2021, they're masters at everything. They're, they have advanced science, they have advanced culture, they have advanced arts, they have advanced mathematics. So, so they even, they learn from um, 
Arist, they learn from, uh, who do they go? They go see Sir Isaac Newton. Then they learn from as more contemporary with Stephen Hawking and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. So they're training with all these experts, bringing the best knowledge they can back to the culture. So by the time um, that's done and they emerge, it becomes 1521. So the vast majority of our storyline is is modern day. Really? So, so in a way, we're starting on the history of when they were defeated or the Aztec yep. people uh, empire came, I guess, crumbling down. Um, and then it takes place where these intellectuals are now going basically into the future. Yes. Well, there it's, it's actually real time for them. So, you know, so oh, the, okay. yeah, so, so the culture fell in 1521, then they escaped to the underworld from the underworld. They emerge and they go to travel all these places. They go to, to Europe and Asia, and they train with all the people that would have lived at that time. So, you know, in the 16th century, they're training. They're they're studying from Miguel Cervantes. They're studying with um, with um, Shakespeare. They're learning the, from the best of the best from that period, 1521 to 2021. They learn they learn every every academic pursuit through the best masters around the world, and then they bring that knowledge back. So by the time they emerge in 2021, they they're they're as educated as any culture on earth when they come out. So basically, this is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> They're going back. No, so when when you say that though, so does that mean that they go back to train the the fifteen twenty one people? Yeah. So so the people. Re, so what I happens guess, is, let's say it's fifteen thirty. Well, actually, they have a period of time where they where they focus on their own, building their homes, um, building their infrastructure. Once that's ready, then they, they have a vote. Everything's done by by consensus in the culture. And well, they decided it's time for the intellectuals to go out and bring knowledge to us. So at some point, they send out these intellectuals, and the intellectuals study astronomy. They study everything in Europe and Asia and and wherever else they go. And then they come back. So they travel between the between the... Miklan, which is the underworld and the real world. They're traveling back and forth. They're going to the real world to get knowledge, bringing it back to the underworld to, t to teach the remaining Aztecs that are there. Now, the Aztecs that are there are not, um, are not immortal, like our 13 lead characters. So, right. they, so they obviously have multi multiple generations they're teaching, and they, they basically teach the teacher. So they'll come back and teach um, you know, three people how to play the violin, and those three people for the next 50 years are responsible for teaching that generation. And so it's basically, it's, it's kind of an advanced um, educational society we've never seen before, but that's what they had to do to become the, the best and brightest because the objective at the, end of the, at the end of the period is that they become the pillars of the, of the world. The world looks up to them. So when they emerge, they become a culture that's capable of teaching, capable of, of educating society and, and being a positive force for society because they're, keep in mind, they're redeeming themselves from the previous culture of brutality and, and imperialism. And at this point, they want to, um, they're looking to, to become um, this, the, the gold standard in, in how society should be run and replicate that. So when they come out, um, the, the thing to remember too is this is a superhero franchise, but at the same time, our characters are focused on using their mind to solve problems, using diplomacy to solve problems. Generally speaking, there are superheroes capable of kicking people's asses, and they do that when, when the time comes. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a good superhero franchise. But their, but their first objective is always practice diplomacy first, and then always, 
as a last resort, use violence, and only when no violence is for the greater good of society. So um, one of the, the first storyline that comes up, and this is ironically something that I conceived in um, 2009, was that they emerge during a Lassa virus pandemic. So I kind of predicted the, the pandemic, but I just got the, the virus wrong. This Lassa virus is, uh, is an animal-borne virus from Africa. And what happens is um, this uh, the villain, the modern-day villain, Adrian Volkov, he's a Russian oligarch, they determine he is selling the vaccine to the highest bidder around the world. So the poorer cultures like India and South America and Central America aren't getting the virus or aren't getting the vaccine. So they start researching a little more and they determine that he's actually the one making the virus. So he's creating the virus. And just as another organization might find a vaccine, he tweaks the virus to be a little stronger. So he's, he has the, he has the, he's cornered the market on the vaccines and he's selling them to the highest bidder. So they approach him, um, try to get him to come, come to reason and, and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to help you make money, but at the same time, we need to distribute this vaccine for a reasonable cost to people that need it. And of course you can kind of guess how that goes, you know, from a right. Russian oligarch doesn't want to hear that. Wow. So where did you get the idea for the, uh, for, uh, Adrian Volkov, these, uh, Russian oligarchs? Well, I started thinking about the most despicable people on earth and who was most plausible to, um, to be that. And I think right now, um, uh, in contemporary, uh, society, I think Russia is, is really high on that list right now. There's a lot of despicable things going on. They, they, um, publicly and without remorse and without even attempting to hide it, assassinate, um, former colleagues, they assassinate academics. I mean, it's society right now that, and I have had a couple of negative responses from Russian people too. Just, just asking like, why do you got to make him Russian? You know, we have enough trouble. And yeah, it's because that's why he is Russian because you do have enough trouble. And you know, it's not my fault that their culture is descended to where it is. So, so I think he, I think he's just a good fit for for a contemporary storyline. Right. And what do you really know about COVID-19? <laughs> I know a I lot mean, about COVID-19. This... That's a, actually my real business is COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that another time. You're right. Actually, that was meant to be funny, but it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. You do do things on that front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, so you kind of answer the question when the story takes place. So this is going to be a pre present day, but there's a lot of things about going back to 1521. Yeah, well, not, they, don't, they don't go back to 1521, but they do go back to visit the, the underworld. So um, I see. starting in chapter two, chapter two forward is all 2021 and forward. It's, it's, uh, there's no more. So the opening um, kind of goes a little bit up to from the time that Cortez inv uh, invaded and to the time the, the culture fell. But from that point forward, it is, it's all a contemporary storyline. Because I thought... You know, it's been covered enough. I mean, there's enough um, out there about about the Aztecs and their history and and Cortez. And I did so. I didn't want to, you know, drive a drive a dead horse. I wanted to create something new and innovative, and also something that younger people can relate to. Because if I did a historical biopic, um, I don't think we'd get a lot of 13 and 15 year old readers. You know. Right. So, th but the story isn't anything that the past has changed because of the the heroes to make it to where the Aztecs become the. Um, empire from 1521 and reconquering Mexico and any of that. No, no. What, so what they do is they come out as a, as a well, I don't want to give away too much because that's getting right. way into the advanced chapters, but they, they emerge as a separate culture, um, part of Mexico, of course, and part of Mexican heritage, but, but as a separate, a separate uh, group of people um, that integrate into society as, as um, you know, at the time they're only, they're only a couple million strong and, and um, 
they, their objective is to make, this, you know, the, the perspective that Witzel Lepashli gave them was that your society, all societies are, are, are the same. And the reason I introduced the Apache and Cherokee um, spirit guides to, it's during the, the virus pandemic fight that they are brought into the storyline. And, and the reason, and in fact, specifically, he says, your chief sent us to help you. And, and he asked, well, are, how do you know him? Or, or in the, you know, how are you guys connected in the spirit world? He goes, in the spirit world, all tribes are united. There's no division. And that's, that's what we want to replicate. And I guess it's to an extent, it's, uh, it's um, uh, an analogy on how we need to start thinking about our society in general, that, that at the same, at, at the end of the day, we all bleed the same. We all end up in the same place. You know, nobody's making it through this life and nobody's making it to an afterlife in a different level of, of existence. So, so he, he references that. And then, um, there's, there's, um, a saying that I put in there from Sitting Bull that, it also is a reflection of how um, the, I don't want to say the phrase, it's pretty powerful when, it, when it's in print. It's, it's about, um, about how cultures that were, let's say, let's say the American Indian culture, how much they had to offer, but never had the opportunity because of what was done to them. And, and now this is kind of a reckoning also, not only for their culture to, to redeem themselves, but for... Um, contemporary society to look back on all the things they missed out on and a new a new opportunity to embrace those cultures and that wisdom that that these tribes had for generations before they they were destroyed i see that's that is, sounds great uh now do you, will mexico be the primary backdrop for the aztec warrior story or will it be kind of like an overview global overview of well they actually so practically speaking, it would make sense. So um, my our characters come out and they establish a... Okay, so in the course of the first 500 years, the intellectuals have built a business and they built this business um, for the purpose of integrating the warriors into society when they come out. So in 1521, Amashli steps out and uh, assumes a new identity. And that identity is a gentleman who is a second generation businessman with an office in Los Angeles and an office in Europe and an office in Mexico. So he steps into the role and they they obviously just as general undercover superheroes, you can't be approaching people like Russian oligarchs. So, so they built a pretty strong uh, business and through those businesses is also how they will distribute, and some nonprofit too. They'll, that's how they're going to distribute the virus uh, vaccine when when they do that. But so they had to create this um, this enterprise to which Amashley could step in and take over as a new CEO. And we have a whole backstory about how people wouldn't know him from before and all that too. But but so it's uh, it's kind of a global um, enterprise the company is. So they have uh, operations everywhere. But Los Angeles is a headquarters for other reasons that, that we'll get to uh, in, in uh, later chapters. All right. So the final, uh, the final question I have, I mean, this is probably what everyone's wondering is, and it's, it's kind of a two part. So you can answer it kind of together is what is the vision you have for the Aztec warrior franchise? And will there be a movie? Well, the, a lot of people, I mean, literally tens of thousands of people ask the same thing every day. Um, we get a lot of questions like that. And my objective first is to focus on getting this, this novel series complete 
And once I do that, to then start having the uh, conversation about other mediums. So I think it's important, one, to really establish um, a really strong uh, fan base, and two, also to establish storylines and some like some things I've worked out over the past six months that that wouldn't what didn't need to stay, and some things I've added. I think it's important to work out that when it's when it's a franchise like this that that's episodic. I think it really needs to be fine-tuned before we have conversations. But I have had inquiries about about films and about um, about about video games specifically, and and other things that were interesting. But, but I think the goal for me is just to get the, the novel series finished. Um, we're having a, a red carpet release party in Los Angeles in August on actually the, the anniversary, August 13th, the same day the book's being released. And, and we'll see where it goes from there. But that, that obviously is the goal to make it a franchise. But um, and another thing a lot of people um, ask is, are you going to pitch this to Marvel or pitch this to DC? And the reality is this is its own franchise. We have enough backstory very even from what I've told you today is one percent of the of the real backstory, and it, it's a backstory uh, character development that all can stand on its own. And we want to be that next franchise, not be a part of another franchise. That's awesome. That was a, that was actually another question that I kind of went over skip that that you had touched base there about. Well, these individual characters have their own yep. story, their own movie. You know, you're going to have yep, to create so, this whole other multiverse and cartoon. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time focused on each individual character, and every one of them has a very strong backstory and how they were selected to be an immortal and, and what, what their credentials were and what they've trained on and, and what makes them um, special. And it's also very female-centric because um, the Aztec culture is... is um, as side backward and violent as they were and you know in contrasting to their innovation and, and cultural advancement um were did not have really traditional female roles like uh, most patriarchal societies do there were there were women who were actually in very very high regard um the emperors were always men but but there were female warriors there were females um in fact one of our females is is has one of the most um um, honorable positions as she is in charge of guarding the magic healing waters, which what, what we would call today is the, the fountain of youth, um, which it, which is in their homeland. And that's what grants the 13 immortals their, their immortality and their vulnerability is that if they don't consume enough water from that source over certain periods of time, kind of like their kryptonite, then, then they become, they become less and less resistant to um, cellular regeneration, which is how their, their mortality works. Well, this, the Aztec Warrior God, go to the Facebook page now. Are there any other areas? Uh, I know there's a website that is kind of being developed as the yep. story is developing. Is there anywhere else we can see more? Uh, right now, we're, we're focused on the Facebook page because it's just uh, the largest platform, especially for a, a project like ours. ours it's, it's the only one where you can really tell the story, share the art, and, and build a community. We have an a Instagram page, but we don't really do a lot on there. The website will be developed once we have all the artwork released. We didn't want multiple. We didn't want to uh, build a website when we've only released, you know, 20% of the artwork. So in the next, uh, probably by January, we'll have a website up, and that will also have um, um, a place where people can go to pre-order the book. Um, we've only accepted private pre-orders through um, a database right now, but we're we're gonna within the next two months we'll be doing all that stuff. We'll have uh, red carpet tickets. We'll be giving away tickets to the red carpet event. And then we'll also have um, an online 
uh, portal for people to pre-order the book, which will be shipped um, probably August 10th. That's awesome. Well, I can tell you for one, I'm super excited. And I know being your friend, I'm going to get the behind the scenes and the first look. You're going to fly me somewhere to take a look at yep. these. <laughs> get it. But Absolutely. I am excited. I'm ex- obviously you're onto something huge here. Uh, now yeah. I want to ask my, my co-host here, Tony, he is a comic book guru. Yeah. Well, Tony, I, I wouldn't say I'm a guru, but I did collect comics for a long time. Yep. Wow. Um, I'm going to say I am going to pre-order this book. I, I I mean, awesome. I mean, it sounds great because uh, you mentioned something, how a lot of comic books now, they're all the same. Yeah, all yeah. the stories are the same. And, you know, a few times a year I'll walk into a comic book shop and because I'm into superheroes. I'll look at the superhero comics and I'll look at the graphic novels. And you're right. They're all the same. Nothing grabs yep. me or interests me because it's just all this regurgitated. I'm excited yep. about this. This sounds yeah, thanks, like man. awesome. I even texted Pat during the show. I'm glad we did this because this, this is really cool. Um, yeah, thanks, and, man. And the second thing is, um, I'm an avid video game player. Oh yeah. And and the thought of this as a video game is awesome, because all the video games either take place in space, uh, yep. Europe, or like uh, now like Viking stuff is is popular right now. And I would love to play a video game set uh, in a world I've never seen before. Or yeah, yeah. Something that, that's 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 grounded in Earth, but you know, uh, kind of. You know something I'm, that I'm not regularly exposed to, so I'm really excited. If yeah, and that's did turn that's why I chose I chose the um, graphic novel format because I thought of the visuals. I mean, the visuals of bringing Aztec society back to life. I mean, it was it was incredible. You had the contrast of these well-established primitive residences, and but then you also had um, essentially what we would call today corporate buildings and meeting rooms and and um, and these shelters and, and pyramids and stuff, and nobody's ever really replicated that in um, in, in arts at all. Yeah. Wow! So yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell all my friends about it right away. Oh wow, yeah. good man. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. We want. let them know. I'm like, you're gonna have to listen to this show. You're gonna be blown away. You know, they're they're comic book fans and video game fans, and you know, hopefully we'll see a video game. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah let's so. hope. And, and just to show the effect of the Aztec warrior god. It says right here we went from having three listeners to 3.2 billion listeners. So, oh, wow, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The power yeah. of the Aztec Warrior yeah, is great. Yeah. But really, I'm excited. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Tony or, or David, do you have anything to add? Um, I kind of don't want this to end, but I feel like it's inevitable. Um, anything you'd like to add about this? I'm good, buddy. I, you're you're breaking right. up a little on me. Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. David, you know when this comes out, um, I would love if you come back on the show, even if it's only for 15 minutes, just to let us know about how it's going with that. So absolutely, and if you guys, if you want, you can come and do a live uh, show from the red carpet event because we have two other other uh, podcast groups doing that. Actually, one's actually a nationally syndicated show, but that would be a great opportunity to meet meet other people involved. That'd, That'd be, be awesome because cool, you know what, my wife has been bugging me to go to California for a vacation. Oh, dude, I perfect get it all done at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're gonna have an Aztec ceremony, and uh, it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna have we're gonna have Aztec dancers and everything. Yeah, you, I think you you asked me, and yes, I I will be one of the dancers. Um, okay, cool, I'm awesome, awesome, man. We we're hoping letting you know. <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> again, David. Uh, thanks right, for giving buddy. us the opportunity yeah, to thanks, uh, be able to talk to you about this. And well, thank you guys. Have a, yeah, thank you, and, and uh, you have a good one, man. Awesome. You too, buddy. Good luck to you guys. All right, thank thanks, you. David. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Wow. Uh, wow, dude. I am totally 
excited about this comic book. Like, uh, as he was talking uh, about it, I was like, man, this sounds awesome. Yes, no doubt. And if you if you were able to get on Facebook just to look at this, it gets you even more excited. People, if, if you have Facebook, uh, go to Aztec Warrior God. Again, um, it is at Aztec Warrior God. Um, it's labeled as a book series. Like he said, they're focusing on the uh, on the graphic novel, and it looks awesome. Yeah. And what he talked about it, it sounds even better. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, a lot of us uh, in that are in the comics and video games, we are looking for different things. And I, I do feel that uh, the stuff has been very stagnant. It hasn't been, um, you know, pushing things forward or looking at different cultures or exploring different avenues of stuff we have right here on Earth that we can enjoy. So I'm right. excited about this. Well, cool. Well, yeah, it just makes you wonder why that something like this didn't come out sooner. But That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, in college and stuff... I took classes on different cultures, and there is so much cool stuff everywhere, you know. And it's it's just it's just weird that we just focused on, um, you know, certain areas of the world. Like God of War, for example, love that video game. But my friends and I have talked about wouldn't it be cool to go to like and see the gods of India? Like Kratos goes there, you know, or you know, Kratos could go to Japan and and fight the gods of Japan and stuff. So you know, it'd be cool, you know see this so again hmm. i'm excited for it and i hope it comes out so. hey maybe you're onto something as well oh, I'm, i don't think i think <laughs> i think it will i'm saying a, i think a lot of people feel this way and it's as uh awesome that you know david just went and did it i mean i'm right. just thinking I'm like this is cool he just went and did it man so yeah again i'm excited i'm gonna look into pre-ordering this book right away and yeah, i will definitely like I said, go to california i'm gonna go tell my wife right now we're going to california yeah let's do it we'll book it august yeah we're, we're so, going yeah that's We'll make it happen. And then, uh, like I said, at Aztec Warrior God on Facebook. Go there now. Pre-order your book. Um, I'll let you play out the rest of us to the music, Tony. Give people the whatever you do. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Again, squirt to stab at gmail.com. See you later.